everyone, this is Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ad. What's Hello. up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Not much. Not much. How's things going over in Indiana? What yeah. do you know? It's actually a little cooler today. Um... I've been sick all week, so I haven't really been outside too much. Hmm. Got the the COVID? No, I do not have COVID. Chris asks me every day, can you smell? Can you taste? I think I have influenza, but I'm not positive because oh. I don't go to the doctor. But that's what it feels like. Ooh, not good. And it's not good to be sick during the summer either, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, just a double whammy with the... You want to be outside or you want to be active during the summer. Winter is the perfect time to stay inside and not do anything. This heat has been a real bitch, though. Yeah. It's actually a lot cooler today. Yeah, same in Illinois. So, let's see here. Jennifer, I want to start off asking you if you have $1.4 million. Well, Kelsey, I do not. So I came across this the other day that there was a farm here in central Illinois that sold on April 6th. So it's been a while. I don't know why this is just coming across now and I'm seeing it. But it was an 80.96 gross acre farm. Guess how much it sold per acre? Oh, I don't. I think they've been going ridiculously high, but now I don't. Uh, nineteen thousand an acre. Close, seventeen thousand eight hundred and two yeah. and seventy-five cents an acre, amounting to about one point four million dollars. In that song, yes. Oh my gosh, I. I was reading through all of them online, and you know, some of them were, oh. 2,000 or almost 3,000 an acre, 4,000 an acre, and then this one pops up 17,000 an acre. I'm like, geez, where can I find that? Where can I find that guy? Yeah, that's what ground's going around Mm -hmm. for around here. It's crazy. Um, Yeah, I mean, just high development prices. I think it's go. I think, I mean, we're outside of Indianapolis, but I think, I think ground is everywhere is going, is skyrocketing. Yep, I agree. So I was thinking also about the upcoming 4th of July holiday. So it's officially summer. Um, this past Tuesday was the summer solstice. And I was scrolling through Twitter and we all know inflation and everything, every price has skyrocketed. Let's not even get into that. But I thought this was interesting. It says your 4th of July cookout will cost 11% more according to Wells Fargo. I know we've talked about food prices a million times on this podcast, but that's what puts it into perspective when you see things like that. Yeah. Now, you know, I we've always been fairly lucky with food prices. We have some of the most abundant, cheapest food supply in the world, and I think we're, we're in for a good eye-opening. Um, I'm, I'm shocked. But, um, I don't know whether it's... Uh, processing if it's uh uh i want to say traveling but whatever they call getting food to market what there's a word for that why can't i think of it um why can't i think of it i don't know but like 
every time I, of course, I order all my groceries online and do pickup because I hate the grocery store. But um, you can't even get tortilla chips. They're always out of stock. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, also, they're also out of stock of a lot of paper products right now, too. Is that right? Yes. So is, is it a, uh, do you think it's a processing problem, a, a trucking problem? I, I can't decide what's going on. No, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just still the supply chain is still not back to where it once was. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer, duh. But, I mean, I think there's things we don't even know that's going on. Yeah. So, it's constantly a problem. And I, I thought I'd share that, you know, with the 4th of July holiday coming up. So, But I do want to ask you, so we kind of texted back and forth of this about the cattle out in Kansas. I'm still intrigued by that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I so, I can't decide. And I've had people people that I that I trust and listen to on both sides of it like this isn't this this wasn't just a freak of nature thing. This was more than that. And then of course people I also trust are saying, "No, this was, you know, a uh, perfect storm of weather and I don't know. What's your opinion? Well, I hadn't heard of it until Karen messaged us about it. And I was looking into it and a lot of people were saying, don't believe the conspiracy theories. I said, what conspiracy theory? Like, I don't see anything. All I see is reports from credible ag media that said that weather played a huge factor in it. And I, I think what many people were frustrated by was the video that was going around and you can't just trust what you see on the internet. And just this video had no caption or no um, the name on it. It just kind of appeared out of there. So people were saying, well, maybe that's not even the case. Maybe that that video isn't even linked to what happened in Kansas. So there was just a lot of information floating around. And you just didn't know what to believe. Um, and. And somebody did mention that the video was from a few years ago um, and that they just were calling it from this last event. So I saw bits and pieces of the video. I don't know that I ever found the, the actual video. Um, all these dead cows, fat cattle, um, basically it looks like they fell over. They were all standing in a line and fell over. And if there's no explanation, someone who doesn't know cattle, someone who doesn't know, just your average person, it looked bad. I mean, it looked bad. But in the first place, cattle don't stand in rows, and they're not just going to fall over. It to me, it was apparent that these cattle had been um, moved after de- after they were dead. They were bloated from the heat. Um, I-, I can tell you right now that we have um, more twice. I think we have had electricity go off in a hog barn and had to move, you know, hundreds of pigs out. Um, and, and you don't just, I don't know, you don't just pile them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, these cattle had obviously been moved. They weren't lined up and just fell over dead in a row. It looked like it was a domino effect. Like one just pushed yeah. one and it just was a domino. It did. It looked like they were all standing in nice straight lines and dominoed down. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first clue that. Um, and I did read somewhere that, of course, they'd been moving. Read somewhere that they were too bloated for autopsies because of the heat. I did read somewhere that they had done autopsies. Um, did you read either way? No, I never saw that at all. But I don't understand how something 
could be too bloated to do an autopsy. I don't know. I'm not a vet. I guess I, I have no clue. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know how long. I know that it doesn't take long in this heat for something to be disgusting goo. But um, I would have thought, I mean, I, I'm, my assumption is there's usually someone on a feedlot 24 seven. Mm-hmm. Is that, I guess that that's what I always thought. I mean, you know, not constantly in the pins, but somebody on, I don't know. I, I think we'll never know. Yeah. I did read that the governor of Kansas, Laura Kelly, she announced new resources and um, actions to aid those cattle producers. Um, they did, they expedited bureau. Bureau. Why is that such a hard word for me to say? <laughs> Bureau. That's a hard word for me to say. I don't know why this morning. So they they provided some financial relief, um, uh, fatality insurance. So it's 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 not people. You know, they're doing something about it, which is good to see. They're helping so, them out. Did we ever hear a number? Because at one point in time, I heard over a thousand. Then I heard four hundred on like maybe four different feedlot farms. I, I I heard lots of different things thrown around. I don't know. It says here responding to thousands of cattle dying from a recent heat wave, and that's all it says. Hmm. I don't know. I'd like. I I don't. I don't know that you'll ever, ever know. Because really I think there's too. I think it's too easy nowadays to. There is no, to me, there is no, like, definite news source that isn't swayed somewhere or the other. I know a couple of people on Instagram tried to talk to veterinarians and feedlot veterinarians. I, I didn't get to watch those, but I, I don't know. Yeah. It's not that terrible. Like, you, we read something one place, we read something another place. And, you know, we've talked and beat this topic a thousand times, but I, I, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but when people are online, do your research, research who wrote the article, look at other articles they've read and um, look at more than one source. I can't say that enough as an ag media professional myself. Um, don't just get your news from one, one place, Twitter or wherever it may be and, and take it, take it from yeah. there. Where's Walter Cronkite when you need him? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I've heard both sides from people I trust. I'd be like, oh, they said so-and-so. And I, I, you know, I trust them. And then I'd hear somebody else and go, wait, trust them too. And they're saying something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have no idea. So this switching subjects real quick, because I know you are a big milk lover and we are winding down. It's National Dairy Month and I know you've been a big supporter, correct? I I support dairy 100% as often as I can. Well, do ice cream, milk. Do you also support bacon? Of Of course. So have you heard that Fair Oaks Foods is preparing a bacon facility in Davenport, Iowa, which is close to me. Uh, what's a bacon facility? So let's see. I will tell you that I know that Fair Oaks opened up the pig adventure. And part of that, they used funds from Pork Checkoff, which let's not get me started on that. Um, but are they using, I don't know what they do with their hogs that they produce at the pig adventure. 
So it looks like, okay, okay, let me, let me scale back. So Fair Oaks Foods is not affiliated with Fair Oaks Farms in Indiana. Okay, they're, so they're two different things. Oh, that's weird. Okay, so I just lied and I'm correcting myself now. So Fair Oaks Foods is not affiliated with Fair Oaks Farms. So two completely different companies we're talking about here. Not um, in the least. I mean, they just happen you know, to same name i looked i their website and big bold letters says and like at the top of their website says we are not affiliated with fair oaks farms well that's wild i wonder why you would name the same thing yeah that's confusing that's like a marketing and branding um oh pa challenge or, oh my gosh yeah so well so fair oaks produces a variety of protein products it says including bacon meatballs pork and turkey sausage to food service national grocery stores and quick serve restaurants when i read oh. that i'm like maybe they're not affiliated with Farrox farm so my bad okay so what is a bacon facility they're just their job is going to be just to make bacon. bacon yep fascinating I, I could build one of those what on earth would you do with the rest of the pig i mean where who's giving away these uh pig bellies that they aren't using it for their own huh i don't know i'd have to think yeah about that. there's not a lot of information here to be honest it just said how many people it will employ when construction starts and that's about it how many people does a bacon facility employ it will have 247 jobs when the plant is fully operational and they're building it from from scratch basically yep fascinating yep a bacon facility. I bet you could charge big bucks and make that a uh, a destination for travelers. Yeah, like Fair Oaks Farms does with their dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So I'm just, let's see here. What else? Anything else going on? Oh, fair season's coming up. So you help every year at the fair, don't you? So this will be the first year that we have not had kids showing. Uh, in 17, uh, we've had several county fairs already uh, come and go in Indiana. I, I'm not sure. A lot of fairs got moved up. We had a lot of fairs early, but then we got a lot of fairs moved up almost a week. Um, the county I grew up in, Shelby County, had theirs like the first week of June. Um, and um, let's see, Hancock County, I can't remember, Hancock or Hamilton? Hancock. I think Hancock had theirs. It's going on this week. This evening, I will be judging the Decatur County Queens contest. Ooh. Yeah. All those years I put into sleep privately judging people and things has paid off this year. I won't <laughs> lie. I have uh, judged a baby contest and the 4-H any other craft contest and uh, Fair Queen this tonight. I'm just uh, really honing in my judging skills. So how does one get looped in to judge a fair queen contest? Did you have to um, take a test or did you have to um, do a preliminary? Why are words so hard this morning? What did you have to do to get in? So it's a pretty complicated system. Um, Basically, you have to be friends with someone who um, then needs your help because they can't I don't know whether they have problems getting people to do this kind of stuff um but I have a friend that I grew up with and she called the other day and she said 
would you be willing to go to Han- or, uh, Decatur County and help me judge the Queens contest? And I said, and I, I just don't turn people down when they ask for my help. I just don't feel like if, if I'm able to do it, I feel like that's just part of community service. Um, and I said, sure. She's like, and she was like, well, they, they asked me to judge and she's pretty active in that, in the County fair queen contest in Shelby County. And they told me to bring a judge with me. So, um, looks like you do not have to be overly qualified to be a fair queen judge. So what matters the most to you when judging a fair queen pageant? I want to hear it. Okay. To me, I always start with 4-H kids. I, I think that 4-H, if we're going to do this county fair thing, we're going to have, I I think that 4-H is top notch. I, I really do. I think it should be someone who has been involved with 4-H, who spends their time at the fair, you know, not, not midway people. I'm not trashing the midway. I'm just saying not, not people. I I want people who are involved in the county and the 4-H and who, who want to be at the fair for, for this kind of stuff. Now I will tell you that that's, of course, my kids grew up here in, in Johnson County, Indiana, and it is the 4-H agricultural fair i mean that's what it's called um a lot of counties are not like that but i think 4-h to me is very very important and obviously you should be well spoken and know a lot about the fair i've judged other county fair fair queen contests and like sometimes you ask them what their favorite food at the fair is and they're like oh i've never been why do you want your queen if you've never been to the fair (laughs) that's kind of a stipulation i think I know. Yeah. And that's what the girl answered. Oh, I've never been to the fair. What? I don't understand why you want to be fair queen then. Um, of course, I'll be perfectly honest. I do not understand the whole pageant thing. And that's just, I, I think everybody has their the right to, to do whatever they want. Pageants are just not my forte. Um, I think that's probably why I think 4-H. Um, and, and I don't even think, you know, you have to be involved in livestock. I think that, you know, just being a 4-H member and, and participating is important. But I think that raises an interesting question because where I'm from, so we have the county fair. So it's just the county, countywide. And then we have our 4-H fair. They're two separate things where I live. So the county oh. fair queen, they don't have to be in 4-H. just have to live in the county and fall in the age brackets. Like, now, I had two. I had two really good friends when we were younger that ran for county fair queen, and um, they did really well. But it had it wasn't affiliated with 4-H at all. Now you do not have to be in 4-H to run for county fair queen, but I around here, like the county fair, that is where the 4-H projects are judged, and and it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. And that means we have two livestock shows, too. So we have the county livestock show, and then we have the 4-H livestock show. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Are there a lot of differences in kids, or do the same kids show up? No, it's pretty much the same county? kids. Okay. Wonder yeah. why they do that. Wonder what would be the reason for that. It's always been like that. As huh. long as I've been on this planet, it's always been like that. So when you do the 4-H fair, is there, like, all the pomp and circumstance? Like, is there a midway? Is there a... Nope. It's just 4-H projects. Just 4-H. So starts with the general show with all the general projects, which I'll be judging this year. I guess I could say I'm a judge. Not you a, are a judge. Not a pageant judge. I don't I don't think I'd fit in there very well. Um, oh, I don't either. Be Let's be honest. It'd, 
that'd be interesting. But um, and then they continue with the livestock. And this year, the 4-H fair is after the county fair. Um, sometimes it's before. It just depends on how it all lays out in the calendar. But fascinating. Um, it's right afterward. And I've always found that fascinating. Everywhere does does it differently. Oh, yeah, totally. No, just for the record, I'm fully aware that you do not have to be involved in 4-H to be um, in the Queen's contest or be the fair queen. I don't think I base everything on that. I'm just I'm just a big proponent of people who have in their in their I want to say past, but because they're young girls, but in sometime in their life, the fair has meant something to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the county fair is also known as a, it's a, it's a rural staple. It's a staple in rural America. Do right. you, do you think they should have some kind of knowledge about agriculture or just, just how, what's your perspective on that? I wish, I wish they did, but it is not a, to me personally, I don't, I can't think I can make it a qualification. Uh, we come from a very um, urbanized area. And there are lots of smart kids out there and lots of even 4-H kids who, who know nothing about agriculture, who have been in 4-H for 10 years and, you know, um, still know the 4-H program. They just do the cooking and the crafts and the cake decorating and the, you know, all those other things that, that not, and not everybody has the capability or the, the desire or the capability to be involved in, in animal agriculture. Um, right. And I'm fully aware of that. Um, I just think for me personally, 4-H should be a part of that since it's, since it is such a big deal in this area as part of the county fair. Do they have to have knowledge of current events in the pageant you're going to judge? Because you see all these pageants and they ask some tough questions when it comes to current events and what their stance is on it. No, I don't. I, the, the ones I've judged in the past have not been very much based on current events. Um, a lot of them are taking out the swimsuit portion too. Oh, Johnson County took that out years ago. Mm. Our uh, county just recently did it. I believe they took out the swimsuit and they're, I think they're trying to do more on the question, like asking questions or the talent. They took out the swimsuit portion. I'm pretty sure they did at least. We in Johnson County anyway, and I'm not sure about any of the other counties right now. We do not have swimsuit and we do not do talent. They do a, I think it's business professional outfit that you wear. Of course, you're like formal. And then I don't, maybe like a casual athletic wear. I'm not really sure. Hmm. And, and yeah, it's, um, so most of them around here, you go during the day you go through um, interviews and then you do the, at an evening, you do the change of clothes and the formal wear. And then they're usually asked one question on stage. All I know is I'm not the pageant type. Me I, either. I cuss way too much. Oh, yeah. Um, you would never find me in under I'm uh, in a crown or anything like that. Not It's not my forte. I know there's a lot of people out there that love it and do it. Kudos to you, but... Yeah, yeah, it's not, not mine. So um, I'm always surprised when I get asked to judge because I, I, I don't, I don't understand. It's me personally. It's, it's not that I, it's me personally. I do not understand the pageant um, mentality. 
Um, I honestly, I hate being a judge for anything. Like, like I said, I do it because I know they have problems finding people doing stuff to do stuff like this. And I feel like it's just part of the community service, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think community service is very important. Um, I think I get that from my dad and my mom too. We're both very involved. I mean, I I just think if you're going to live in a community and want it to function and, and you need to, sometimes you have to do things that you're not always 100% behind and that's judging a fair queen pageant. Yeah, it, it, it's different ways. I heard the other day that, and this is probably pretty common knowledge, but um, we have one of the oldest um, Congress ever. And it's because young people don't want to get involved in public service. Um, <laughs> they're, they run away from it. And I, I do see that, but they're, it's volunteering at a local level. I'm the township supervisor in my area. Um, it's not something I really wanted to do, but um, they needed someone. And it's like, well, you just got to step up, learn how to do it and put in your time. And you um, do. Uh, my son-in-law is the township trustee where they live. And um, he took it over from his like 96 year old pa. Yeah. Um, you know, is it his, is it his, was it his goal to be a township trustee? No, but is he willing to do it? Yes. And, and pat on the back for him because it's hard to find people who want to do those kind of things, but they're important jobs. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we wouldn't have what we have here if people didn't step up and do it. And I am worried for that because there's not a lot of younger people in my area that are my age. To be honest, I live in a very rural farming community and a lot of the people are getting older, can't do as much anymore. You look at the local churches and um, school districts. We talked about this on our last episode, you know, volunteering for your local FFA chapter or ag in the classroom, whatever it looks like. And, um, and I think, yeah, I just think that's true. I mean, just like I don't want to judge a fair queen contest, but I am also not willing to let that kind of stuff fall by the wayside. Well, we don't have any judges this year, so we're not having a contest. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I'd rather, I'd rather spend, I'll probably be gone eight hours today. I'd I'd rather spend eight hours, one day a week helping out surrounding counties so that we can continue to do things. Right. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you might have your play overloaded, you know, but I mean, that's what I, I always think someone's got to do it. If you can't do it, then work with someone to get the job done don't just sit back and think someone else is going to do it yeah chris always claims i sit at meetings with my hand up in the air volunteering for everything and i just i just feel like if we don't have people who volunteer and i know one or two and and one or two people can't do everything but if we don't have people who volunteer we're just going to start losing stuff yeah yeah and um i don't know i suppose if that wants to happen on somebody else's watch that's fine i don't I'm not ready to lose that kind of stuff on my watch. Yep. It's a great way to look at it. I don't want to be the generation that allows something to cease to exist. I want to do everything in my power to keep it going. Um, that's the way I look at it. And I think the county fairs are, are, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, think that they're, to some people, they're everything, and to some people, they're nothing. But, um, I know my kids enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it with my kids. I enjoyed doing it when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I just like to, if Give I can back. do something that, yeah, if I can do something, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. 
Well, Jen, wrapping up here, is there anything else you want to share? Any shout outs or anything like that? How's spraying going in your area? Um, I saw a couple out in the fields yesterday. It was about 80, 85 degrees. We, this week, we finally have like not a lot of wind. We still have maybe a little bit of breeze, but the wind has died down this week. So I see a lot more happening, but still yeah, not no. as much, I don't think. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of sprayers. Chris has been spraying. Um, he was also putting on um, ammonia, side dressing last week. And then he would spray in the morning or the evening when the wind had died down. Um, we're having some 28 put on. My son-in-law is putting on some 28 on one of our farms this week. Um, this heat's really, <clears throat> I want to say, depressing the soybeans. The corn yeah. is rolling and the beans look sad and depressed. Yeah, I see that uh, here too. We actually are forecasted to get over an inch of rain this weekend. <laughs> I thought, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Nice. I, I hope, I really do hope by crossing my fingers, but I'm not also getting my hopes up either. No, I think we have a 40% chance or something like that on Sunday, but I don't know for how much. Um, you know, the corn is rolling up, but I think it's rolling up from the heat and yeah. the beans look depressed, but quite honestly, my grass is crunchy yet. Which, uh, I haven't mowed in about a week and a half for our yard. Yeah, it's been about... It's been about a week and it could use, it could probably use a mowing, but it doesn't look ragged. Um, but gosh darn it, I live next to people who are retired and think they need to mow their lawn every four days, whether it needs it or not. So right. I'm taking a stance. I'm saying I'm not mowing. I never know whether to mow mine when it's getting dry or if I just need to let it go. It probably doesn't matter. Um, sometimes I know there's been summers I just mowed and knocked the tall weeds down. Um, I don't know. I hope we all get some rain. It's it seems so early in the year, yeah, the growing season, to be uh, this dry and and hot. I heard someone the other day talking about 2012 and how oddly eerily sounded familiar right now. I said, "Is that right?" Yeah, I think I've mentally blocked 2012. So it's not good for the mowing business either. We have a mowing business, and that's slowed down exponentially. I know when that slows down. Really, yeah. the crops are, aren't getting it at all um so I'm, I'm hoping for rain like i said but i'm not getting my hopes up because that weatherman has been wrong before and i know he'll be wrong again yeah and we'll see i'll report back well we'll get our fingers crossed and our toes crossed and take it as it comes i guess yep well, to everyone out there, have a happy 4th of July. We won't talk to you until after the holiday. Hope, hope the crops are looking good where you are. It's not too hot and oh, you're enjoying wait, your summer. Yes. Wait. We haven't talked about wheat miss. Oh, wheat miss. Has it started? Not yet here, but I think this weekend. Awesome. If so not Sunday, Monday. Um, I, a couple people have started wheat around here. Has anybody started wheat around you? I think we're on the cusp of it. Yeah, like you are. This is we are we are in we are in full wheatness preparation. So, for those listening who don't know what wheatness is, can you um, nobody listening doesn't know. But okay, wheat harvest <laughs> by Christmas. Yes, I'm fully aware. We only have 95 acres this year. I'm fully aware there are people who hate wheat because they have thousands and thousands of acres. But I love wheat harvest. I, I love photographing wheat. Yeah. It's Isn't beautiful. it beautiful? Rows so, and rows of it. Even I love it, photographing it more than corn and soybeans. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. 
So if uh, I could join you for weakness, I would. Yeah, I, I wish you could. It has more character for some reason, and I can't tell you what it is. Now, part of the reason I think it is is because you plant it when everything else is dry and brown, and then you get this green grass, mm-hmm. and then you harvest it when everything else is green. Mm-hmm. The contrast is beautiful. It is the contrast. Yes, yeah. so weakness in July 4th. All right. So, so was pay pay attention to your Twitter. You'll be photographing and taking I will us be. along. All right. Yep, absolutely. Sounds good. Jennifer, what do you say to everyone usually? Uh, be safe, please. Usually don't be a douchebag too, but <laughs> be safe. I mean, I, I tell Chris this all the time. I know the spraying needs done. I know the wheat needs harvested. I know the nitrogen needs put on. But you're only going to make things a bigger mess if you're in a hurry and have an accident. Yep. Just making more work for everybody else. So please, please be safe. Yep. It's a good way to end it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks See you later. Tune in. Bye.